0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. My home is not on not in this world. What did you imagine? You come round my house for something super exciting, OK? Me and my wife, we've invited you over. We're going to, imagine what the most exciting thing would be. Like, if you're a Man City fan, it's for the Champions League final. I've invited you over. Or if you're a connoisseur of football and you know there's only one European Cup that really matters, we're going to watch West Ham win the European <laughs> Cup. You know, well, it's going to be a great evening. Or if, you, if you're not really a football fan, like, we'll cook your favourite dinner. In fact, not only will it be your favourite dinner, But me and my wife, we've hired a professional chef to make your favourite dinner the way you like it best. In fact, it's going to be the best version of your favourite dinner you've ever had. I mean, obviously, you're quite excited about coming around our house, and rightly so, so you should be. And so you ring on the doorbell, we open the door, we're all smiles, you come into our hallway, and uh, I say to you, so good you're here. Um... Have a look at my coat rack. We've got, like, winter coats, we've got raincoats, and this is the one I like to wear, even in summer, because it's so cool. And you'll think, OK, but I'm really here for the football or for the dinner, right? And then I say to you, look at these. We don't just have a shoe rack. We've got six sections to our shoe rack, because I've got four kids. So it's like, here are my shoes, here are my wife's shoes. In fact, look at these shoes. These are lovely. And then I talk you through the shoes of all my... Like, I can tell from your faces you're already beginning to think this would be a very weird evening, right? And then I'm like, "Hey, why don't we just sit down for a while? On the whole room, you know, on the whole carpet. And while we're here, it's just a great opportunity for me just to show you that it's new carpet in the hallway. Uh, have you seen it's really thick pile? Isn't it lovely? And if you look up on the wall, there's a thermostat that controls the heating in our house because we want you to be really comfortable while you're here in our home. Isn't this a great hallway?" And you are thinking, you are a weirdo, Phil, right? <laughs> I can tell from your faces that you're with me here. And then I point to the doormat. I just say, you know, while we're sitting on the hall carpet, this is wonderful. It gives me a chance to show you everything that's good about the hallway. Look at the uh, doormat. It says welcome on it. And I just want you to know, you are so welcome. Well, you might feel welcome, but I don't think you'll be coming back, will you? Because <laughs> you'll be thinking, what are you doing, Phil? You know, I've come around for dinner, I've come around to watch the football, I've come around for a great evening. I, I know your house has more rooms than the hallway, because I can tell from outside it's got other windows, doesn't just have a front door. Why are we just hanging out in the hallway when there are so many great other places for us to go and explore and enjoy? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because I think as Christians, and I know not everyone here is a Christian. That's all right. Actually, what I'm going to explain will be really, really helpful for you as well. I think sometimes Christians, when they get together, spend an awful lot of time in the hallway and don't really explain the, explore the rooms. And what, by what I mean by that is the hallway of Christianity is that God lets us in. You come into my house, if you're polite and well brought up, You'll wipe your dirty shoes on my doormat. That's why it's there. And actually, the hallway of Christianity is that God says, even though you've done wrong things, you're welcome. Like, in fact, wipe the dirt off your soul and be clean. Come into my house, enjoy friendship with me. I mean, the hallway of Christianity is so wonderful that I can see why people celebrate it. I can see why so many Christian songs are basically some variation on the theme of, I'm a filthy sinner, but you made me clean. I was on the outside, but you let me in. I mean, hallway songs. I know why we have so many Christian hallway songs, because actually the hallway of Christianity is amazing. But Jesus said to his disciples, In my father's house, there are many rooms. And what I want to try and do is just help you to explore four of the rooms today. There are many other rooms. Jesus said in my father's house, there are many rooms. But since we've only got a limited amount of time today, let's explore four of them. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go a little bit beyond just giving you four bits of information. In fact, I'm going to get you racking your brains. I've got a little flip chart. You're going to have to work a little bit harder. If you thought you were just going to be able to cross your arms and sit still for half an hour, sorry. Um, Because I want you to explore. And exploring is an active thing. And I reckon in this room, whether you've been following Jesus for 60 years, six years, six months, or you haven't even started yet, the stuff that you've heard about what it means to be a child of God that is better than just sitting in the hallway celebrating the fact that you've been forgiven. And that's what I'm going to try and help you to do today. In a sense, I'm trying to help you to adopt an attitude of exploring the whole house of salvation. And to help us do that, we're just going to put on the screen John chapter 20. If you've um, got a Bible, you might want to have it open. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to call out some Bible verses you'll remember. You don't have to know where they are, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you for chapter and verse. But vaguely in the back of your mind, you remember, I know the Bible says this. So you might want to have your Bible anyway, just so that you can remember stuff. This is, um, this is the day of Jesus' resurrection. John chapter 20, Jesus has just been crucified. He's been buried. And Mary Magdalene, is not counted among the 12 disciples, but she's one of the followers of Jesus. She goes to the tomb. And uh, I just want to read a few verses to you, starting in John 20, verses 1 and 2, and then 11 to 23, just to help you to grasp four of the great rooms that we probably explore less than we ought to in what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Early on the first day of the week, Easter Sunday, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. It's called John's Gospel. He never uses his own name because he's trying to be humble. But he describes himself as the disciple Jesus loved, which is actually not that humble if you think about it. But uh, uh, Just an aside. And Mary Magdalene said to Peter and John, they've taken the Lord Jesus out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. She doesn't realise he's been raised from the dead. She thinks someone's stolen the body. Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot and they asked her woman why are you crying they've taken my lord away she said and I don't know where they've put him At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. You've got to imagine she's crying so much, she can hardly see. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers, the 12 disciples, and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he'd said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, the same day, Easter Sunday evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands, the nail marks, and his side where the spear had been uh, stabbed into his body. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I could have taken quite a lot of passages in the Bible. All I'm doing through this is I'm trying to help you to read the Bible for yourself and to get out of the hallway each morning. Uh, When you get up out of bed in the morning, hopefully, you know, you'll talk to God. (laughs) It's a bit rude if you don't. Uh, You'll maybe open the Bible because it's the principal way that God speaks to us. I'm trying to train you tomorrow morning when you do that um, to look at what the Bible says and to realise these are glorious rooms for you to explore Four rooms here, I think if we just move on a slide. Um, Through his death and resurrection, Jesus imparts to us four things. Let's just look at them really quickly. Number one, he imparts his relationship with God as his father. Now that's a really big room for us to explore because I think there's something about Christians where we can think that it's Christian humility to basically be a bit down on ourselves. I'm a miserable sinner. I'm not very good. I'm so glad that Tom's leading the meeting because I'm rubbish. I'm glad you know, the guy who was leading worship, he was great. I could never do anything like that. Like, that's not humility. Humility is to believe the word of God where Jesus says to you, I am ascending to heaven to my father and your father. Do you see what he does there? He says the relationship I have with God as my father, because I've died and I've been raised to life and I'm ascending back to heaven, (laughs) I'm giving you the same relationship with God that I have. That's huge, right? It's like like it, if someone rang me on my way back home to London, um, I might not take the call. I'm one of those annoying people who I see who's ringing and I decide if I want to talk to them, yeah? I was in the middle of a really important conversation last night and the phone rang and it was my son. I took the call. I don't care how busy I am. One of my children calls me. I'm going to listen to them. So like, this is, this is not just theoretical relationship. Whatever you've come to church today thinking, I really wish God would hear my prayer about this, of course he hears your prayer. He's as much your father as he is Jesus' father. And then in case we miss it, I'm ascending also to my God and your God. It's like Jesus basically says, now I've died and been buried and raised to life. I'm giving my relationship with God to you. That's a room worth exploring. Second thing he says is he says, um, uh, next slide. He says, I'm giving you my mission to save the world by making disciples. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, that's quite exciting. You know, I, w- I want you to call out some stuff in a moment, but I don't want to spoil it. But you know, like Jesus begins his mission by saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to set captives free. People who just can't see a way out of their problem, I'm going to bring sight to the blind. People who, like, they're living in darkness, I've come to bring them light. Do you think that has any relevance to a group of people that are meeting together on a Sunday morning in Gorton? Is there any darkness at all in East Manchester? Is is, is there anyone who can't find a way out of the problem they're in? Like Jesus says... As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Same mission. Isn't that amazing? Third thing, third room for us to explore. It gives us the same relationship with God's Spirit that he has in order to enable us to go about such a mission. He just says to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. It's not like a long ministry time. He's just like, I've died, I've been buried, been raised to life, it's now yours. Gives us the same relationship with God's spirit to empower us to do the thing he's called us to do. And then lastly, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now, I I want you to understand this. Okay, suppose suppose, um, I get a bit excited with this message because we're exploring all these rooms and I'm, I'm a bit over the top. And I kick over Tom's coffee here goes all over the floor goes all over his bible all those beautiful notes he's been making over the years they're all ruined by my coffee stain and paul just leans over and says it's okay phil i forgive you how do you think tom's gonna feel he's gonna say it's not your bible he didn't trash your beautiful notes on they've taken you 18 years of devoted fellowship with god my father It's not your place to forgive, it's my place to forgive. And Jesus says, if you forgive anyone, in other words, he's saying, I'm giving you the authority that God the Father's given me. You can actually say to people, your sins are forgiven and they are forgiven. And I guess linked with that is you can say to people that are oppressed by evil spirits, you are set free and they will be set free. You can say to people who are struggling with life-controlling illness, you are healed in the name of Jesus and they will be healed. Jesus is basically saying, you, because you're now a child of God, can speak as if you are God. Like we're talking about coming to my house and sitting in the hallway. If one of my kids invites their friends over, they don't have to say, Dad, is it all right if I bring my friend round? I mean, it's nice if they do, but to be honest, they don't. (laughs) One of their friends turns up at the house. I'm like, oh, hello. It's like they treat it like it's their house because they're my son. And I don't say to them, do you know what? I've got the mortgage deed somewhere, or rather the bank does, uh, and it's got my name on it, not yours. It would be technically true, but if someone's your son or your daughter, they can invite their friends around. They've got authority over your house. Jesus is saying, now you've been adopted as a child of God, you've got spiritual authority to make promises in his name, and heaven will back up the promises you make. Do these rooms feel like they're worth exploring? So just the last slide. What I want to do then is give you guys a chance just to remind yourself how wonderful these rooms are. I'm just going to write each of these things on one sheet of paper. And really quickly, I want you just to shout out to me. It might be a Bible verse you know. It might be a concept. You might even have sung it in a song. You just know that somewhere in the Bible, and you don't need to know the reference, there's a great promise about this thing. So let's go with the first one. Relationship with God. What does the Bible promise you you are going to enjoy in your relationship with God because of Jesus? Anyone? Peace. Fantastic. Peace. I know you're used to just uh, somebody speaking for the front and you don't have to say anything. So <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm wanting you to actually say something. What do you know about what a relationship with God should look like for a Christian? Freedom. Freedom you want to expand on that freedom (laughs) (laughs) freedom to do what freedom to or freedom from what freedom from slavery freedom from slavery brilliant so i'm going to put slavery to sin bad habits etc I know that to some people slavery is something that happened to their great great grandparents this is more of a metaphor slavery but it's still just as real isn't it yeah joy joy so a relationship with god should bring joy we can come just as we are at any time come just as you are at any time that is a good friendship isn't it do you guys have friends where you can come just as you are at any time? Probably not that many. Because that is true friendship, isn't it? They'll accept you on your bad days as well as your good days. That's wonderful. Anything else? About relationship with God? Forgiveness. Forgiveness, yeah. So, gee, God doesn't go on about our sin, which is interesting because Christians often do go on about their sin. really good, isn't it? I was, uh, I'm helping a lady at the moment. He's just become a Christian. And she messed up the other day. And I was just quoting to her from The Chosen, you know, the TV series. There's a bit where Jesus says, sometimes when we carry things that are heavy, we drop them. It's okay. We pick them up and carry on again. I just thought it's great. He doesn't go on about the fact we dropped it. He just says, okay, pick them up. Let's get going again. Sorry, there's someone here who's going to say something. Wow, let's go both of those. Welcomed back. Adopted. And that's a big thing, isn't it, with what he says. My father and your father. Adopted into the family. Wow. And that's quite a big difference from what I said about, I could invite you to my house. I'm not promising to adopt you. (laughs) I've got enough kids, to be honest. Um, God actually says to us, I'm going to invite you in my house and you'll never have to leave. That's really good. There was another one. Yeah, was everlasting, life everlasting life in heaven. So this is a friendship that goes on forever. Okay, let's go on to the next one, just because I want to make the most of our time. But let me read those to you. Like this, is a, this is what it means to be a Christian, guys. That In the midst of anxiety, God wants to give us peace. In the midst of reasons not to be cheerful, God wants to give us joy. He wants to give us free, freedom from our slavery to sin and bad habits. He says you can come just as you are at any time. I forgive you. I'm not going to go on about your sin. You are welcomed back, adopted into the family, and this relationship is going to go on forever in heaven. That's worth singing about, isn't it? All right, let's... Uh, Let's look at the next one, mission. Jesus has said, as the Father sent me, I'm also sending you. So that's a little bit harder. Anyone uh, got any Bible verses or promises that they think, actually, this speaks into that? What does it mean for Jesus to have given us his mission? Purpose. Purpose. Great. That is Ephesians 2, great Bible verse. So purpose. God has prepared, try and write it down as you said it, good things for each one of us to do. Wow! I wonder if we talk about this enough, that actually becoming a follower of Jesus is not just about getting your sins forgiven. It's about having an incredible purpose that the reason you live in Manchester is there are things God wants to do in Manchester and he's put your name tag on them. That's amazing, brilliant. Authority. Authority, great. We'll unpack that a little bit in in uh, the fourth one, won't we? But yes, he's given us authority. You can't, can't have a mission without authority, can you? You can't, can't have a policeman who can't really arrest people. Well, you can actually can't you. But let's not go on. I don't, there might be someone here who is one of them, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go further. Anyone else? Okay, so this is like a global thing, right? Global to the ends of the earth. Wow. That's yeah. It's amazing. And what does that mean? Bringing his uh, way of doing it. <laughs> okay. Bringing God's way of doing things. And again, do you think in East Manchester we need to rediscover God's way of doing things? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this amazing? Yeah? Help one another. Okay. Help one another to spread the word of God. Yeah, I want to be encouraging, but I think sometimes God doesn't enjoy our worship very much. (laughs) Because we spend all this time singing about how wonderful the gospel is. And if it really were that wonderful... We do what you just said and pass it on to other people a little bit more. I think sometimes God's like, can we stop the singing and can we start telling some other people? It's like a really weird thing, isn't it? If If we were aliens coming from outer space, that there would be a building in Gorton where people had the key to eternal life. And they gathered together to sing about how great it was. And I'm sure this isn't you, but maybe it's possible a whole week could go by without telling anybody about it. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Those Martians would be going back to Martian Space Command saying there's something weird going on in Manchester. That's brilliant. Okay, relationship with God's spirit and power. So I'll put Holy Spirit slash power. What what do we know from scripture about these things? Everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. Can anyone, you know, there might be someone in the room who doesn't even know who the Holy Spirit is or or what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what's all that about? Can you explain it in a way that anyone could understand? Okay. So, refreshing living water. Okay, refreshing living water within us. And I... That's great. I remember from, from John 4 and John 7 that Jesus takes that metaphor of living water and goes a step further, doesn't he? He says streams of living water will flow from within you to other people. He says you'll become like a fountain of living water. It will well up in you to go to others. So what does it mean for the Holy Spirit to flow through us to others? Praying for others? Is there anything more than that? Incredible love. Love for others, yeah, incredible love for others. The power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that lives in us. Wow, okay. I'm going to write this down because this feels like a room worth exploring. The power that raised Jesus from the dead... now lives in us. How difficult is it to raise the dead? Just put your hand up if you've raised anyone who's dead. I'm not asking anything difficult. Anyone here raised the dead? Okay. No one. Okay. That's why the cemeteries are so full. I I get it now. I understand. Raising the dead is like a really powerful thing, right? Which Jesus did. He, He healed people. He cast out demons and he raised dead people. In other words, you know, this is Jesus who turned water to wine. This is Jesus who stilled storms. It's really interesting, isn't it? You can get to work on Monday morning and one of your work colleagues, you say, how was the weekend? And they open up a little bit about how bad it was and they start crying and you put your arm around them and say, I'm so sorry. The power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. You know, Jesus did not get up in the boat in the middle of the storm and say to the disciples, I'm so sorry. He calmed the storm. He didn't say to the leper, I'm really sorry. He healed the leper. He didn't say to the man with a legion of demons, wow, my heart really goes out to you, it must be hard for you. He delivered the man. There's a whole room for us to explore, isn't there, that we can do more than care. We can change. Can I write that? Not just caring, and we do care, but we're also transforming. Wonderful. Last one spiritual authority. We've begun to unpack that a little bit already. What does it mean for Jesus to say to us, if you forgive anyone, they're forgiven? You know, you, you can speak with that kind of authority. What does that say to you? Silence. It's a bit harder, isn't it? Go. Okay. So God loves us so much. He gives us his authority. That's a great place to start because sometimes when I'm doing a job with my kids or rather I'm doing a job, they think they're helping me but I know I'm going to take longer because they're involved, right? It's like, this isn't going to speed up because you're helping me, kids. Um, but it's because I love them. I involve them in the task. So that's a really great place to start. What does it mean for us to wield this kind of authority? You can pray for people to be free in the name of Jesus. Oh, right. Prayers in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Okay, let's stay with that for a moment because I think that's really important. If there's a knock on your door... Now, I'm not wishing this on any of you. I know that the Constabulary of Manchester are wonderful people. I don't wish them ever to join you at six in the morning, though, and ask you to get in their car. If two policemen turned up at your door and they were six foot eight, wide as well as tall, man, they look rough. They look like they're street fighters. And they say, come with us in the name of the law... Are you going to do what they say? You probably are. Because, you know, there's a whole song, isn't there? I fought the law and the law won. And these guys are six foot eight, wide as well as tall. I want to ask you a question. Two police women knock on your door. One of them's five foot one. The other one's much taller. She's five foot two. They're really skinny. They look like if there was a particularly bad gust of wind, uh, they'd blow away. And they say to you, in the name of the law, come with us. What do you do? You still do it. But they're not as strong as the big guys who came before. But they might be. They might be. They might be. Never underestimate. If we've learned anything from action movies, never underestimate a five-foot woman. Okay. No, but there's something about in the name of the law, isn't there? You get this person is not just a person. They are representing something much bigger than that person. So I think that's really helpful when you say we can pray in the name of Jesus. That's what authority means. It's not just you. It's heaven backs up what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Last one. I like the, there's a bit in a film I like called Prince Caspian. And there's a young girl, must be like 10. And she stands up to a whole army. And the army are just going and you get a shot of her and she draws her dagger and she looks really like you should be afraid and they go like no and then huge lion comes up oh. and in the story the lion is representing Jesus and he roars and now he destroys the army Okay. so we're not saying take us seriously because we're in field we're just saying take us seriously because he's pretty good. wonderful Did everyone hear that? Can you hear that at the back? Great. Prince Caspian, little girl with a dagger. No one's afraid of her, but then the lion comes up behind her and roars. So we just explored four rooms together. I'm just going to ask you in a moment, what are you going to do about this, personally and as a church? This is the kind of relationship that Jesus has won you with God. Freedom. Come as you are, <clears throat> forgiven. God doesn't go on about your sin and nor do you need to. Welcome back, I've adopted you forever. This is what it means for you to be a follower of Jesus, that you have that level of friendship with God on the table and the only thing that would stop you is that you decide to watch Netflix or scroll through social media or do something other than enjoying friendship with him. Mission, that God's given you an incredible purpose that you don't live in Manchester out of coincidence. You're here because God has got specific things with your name written against them that if you don't do them, they ain't going to get done because they're the things that he prepared in advance for you to do personally and as a church. It's global. It's bringing God's way of doing things and it's making sure we help one another to spread God's word to those who haven't heard it. The Holy Spirit's power, refreshing living water within us, but for others. The power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. Not just offering people care, but transformation. And then lastly, God loves us so much he gives us his authority to pray and issue commands in the name of Jesus and Jesus backs up what we say. Pretty good. Are those, is it worth getting out of the hallway and going into those four rooms? I really think there's something for us here. I feel like God's saying to you as a church, I want you to be more than a forgiven people. I want you to be a people who explore all the rooms of the palace of my salvation. And you allow every room to transform who you are. Because as you get transformed by exploring every room in the palace, the whole of this area will get transformed through you. So I just want to end with one last thing. I'm going to start a sentence for you. And then maybe you can call out some things and we'll complete the sentence together. This week, we will... There you go, I've done my bit for the sentence in view of all these things how will you live this week? just suggestions Joyful. we'll live joyfully speak out for God. we'll speak out for God we'll live victoriously okay rest. we'll enjoy rest okay anyone else? Pray for and help we'll pray and help others this is amazing. I'm going to try and remember all these. Um, anyone else? Reach for him rather than my phone. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So this week we will explore all the rooms of the palace of God's salvation. I love that, by reaching for him instead of my phone. Honestly, if we all did that, it would be a revolutionary week, wouldn't it? Wow, for him instead of my phone. Sometimes I look at pictures of people... um, you know, in Mecca, walking around a black box and worshipping it and giving it all their attention, I think, what strange pagans. And then I look at the little black box type thing that I carry around in my pocket. That is really good. Um, uh, Reaching for him instead of my phone, we said, um, living in joy, someone said, rest and freedom. What else did people say? Just remind me. Right. praying for the people around me. Anything else I'm missing out? Okay. And... Okay. Speaking up for God. Living peacefully with people and I guess underwriting all of these if Jesus is ascending to heaven in these verses so that people see Jesus in us I'm just going to read that back to you what I like about this it's just a little bit different is, all I did was just write down what you said you're going to do this week. This is not what I'm telling you what to do. We've just basically we've looked at God's word together and you've said, well, the logical conclusion is this: This week as a church, we will explore all the rooms of the palace of God's salvation by reaching for Him instead of our phones, by living in joy, rest and freedom by praying for the people around us, by speaking up for God, and by living peacefully with people so that people see Jesus in us.